0: This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Siraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast eliminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is underwritten by Ciroclad. The Siraclad Rain Screen Fiber Cement Siding System, a proven track record of performance in Japan for nearly 40 years. Zero chemicals, triple coated and factory finished color layering. The ceramic and photocatalytic coat provides 365 days self-cleaning and a 20-year fade limited warranty. This high-performance siding system serves as an honored innovation with parent company Panasonic and Kubota. For more information, please visit Siraclad.com. For our guest today, we're uh, we're really honored and excited to welcome Jeannie Jackson, architect. Jeannie is a principal of VCBO Architecture and has specialized in the design of educational spaces since 1990. She's passionate about creating spaces that offer a stimulating and exciting learning environment, and is a pioneer in designing innovative educational facilities that have garnered numerous numerous regional and local awards. Feel free to find him on the web at vcbo.com. Again, that is vcbo.com. Jeannie, thank you very much for being here, really, and welcome.
1: Thank you, Tom. I'm excited to be here.
0: Jeannie, we we start our show off with a a quote, and um, as we talked about before we got on the show, that you have a lot of quotes that they really mean and matter much to you. Um, Is there any one in particular that you can think of that's top of the mind that uh, you can share with your audience today?
1: Uh, yeah, I have, I can share a million, but I'll just pick one. Uh, it's a Jack London quote. He said, you can't wait for inspiration. You have to go after it with a club. I love that quote.
0: That's outstanding. Yeah. What is it? Why does that mean to you? Why? And why does it matter to you?
1: It it matters to me because I think people. So one of my very best friends and I have a, a word, a term for architects that just don't look for inspiration, that just do work for money. Uh, We call them ticket takers. So for me, I never have been a ticket taker. I always am thinking about what could I do better? What could be better this next time? And uh, I do a lot of prototype uh, K through 12 work. And uh, so I don't just repeat the same school. It always looks different. It always is better. I always look for what what can we improve each time. And then when I get to do new, a new project, I, it's what what could we make better every time? So I think you have to really work at it.
0: I noticed a lot about with your work, especially in the educational um, realm, is, and I don't say this often, but there's a, a, a timelessness to your designs. Is that by design or am I, am I looking a little too further into things?
1: I think that's very nice of you to say because I've been sometimes called too trendy and, and in the design. And the reason I say that is I, I design for our client, which is a student. It is, it's not the people who pay you, but it's still the client ultimately, right, in a school. And so I want to make a, a building that is exciting to them, that makes them want to go there, that is fun and different. And I really don't do the little red brick schoolhouse with a bell in it that most of the adults seem to want still. <laughs> So, I appreciate your saying that, Tom
0: with that, it also seems to me that you uh, you design from the person outwards again, I might be wrong, and you may say correct me, feel free to but it's it really felt like you really designing from almost the student's perspective, not just the the, the school district or the owner or even yours is is there am I accurate
1: yeah, I think you are so what what I would tell you though is that um So I I got to work with Moshe Safdie on the City Library in Salt Lake City, and that was a life-changing experience for me. He's an amazing architect. But one of the most important lessons he taught me was, to get a great building, you have to start with a great client. So I have been very fortunate in my life to have a few great clients, and they let me um, suggest things that aren't traditional necessarily. Uh, But yes, I start from the student perspective. I think about um, education. I've studied a lot about educational pedagogy uh, and how you can't teach kids the way we used to teach kids if you want successful adults. You have to do it a lot differently, which we can definitely go into if you want to. I tend to kind of be boring about that. But (laughs) Um, so in order to create the spaces that you can educate them in a different way and to know that you're gonna build a building that's gonna be there for 80 to 100 years, you have to think about what can I do that would make it very flexible space, very exciting space for kids and um, a place where they want to be. So, yeah, I, I, I want the exterior to be exciting to them, but the interior has to work for them.
0: If you can touch back again, Jeannie, on, on what you say, you, you, you feel you think is a bit boring. I'm actually excited to hear about that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. I'd love to. Um, So what we have found through our work and study is that uh, if you think about how education has changed over the years or how it should change, it doesn't always because sometimes people are resistant to that change, but think about even just the iPhone itself, how it's changed our, our lives. You know, you can look up anything. I don't wonder about anything anymore. We, we'll talk about some celebrity and say, well, I wonder how old that person is. And you just say, hey, Siri, how old is, you know, Sting, for example? And Siri tells you, you don't have to look it up, you don't have to wonder, you can just ask, right? So the students have the same opportunity as we to do that. And they live in a very fast-paced world with a lot of sensory input and a lot of things going on and a lot of answers readily found. So I think the the thing we have to do now is we try to teach them to be critical thinkers. Because you do have this like fire hose of education or of information and you have to say to yourself, which part of that is really true, right? What's real and what isn't real? What are my sources on that? And uh, I've experienced that with adults in my life, um, even here at the office, who send articles and that's like, you you have to say, well, who wrote that article? Who who studied that? Who um, did the research? Is it a reliable source, right? Is it a believable source? And uh, I think that's part of what the difference is in, in our new world. It's also working together. So when I was in school, and probably you, judging from your beard, <laughs> um, <laughs> we were sitting in rows, and if we worked together, they called it cheating, right? And now, if you don't work together, it's, you're not preparing students for real life, because who doesn't work with others, right? Right. So my question has always been, once you identify how education is changing and has to change, how do you create an environment that enhances that that pedagogy and supports it?
0: Fascinating. On the subject of who wrote the, uh, the article, uh, I have a strong belief that uh, every building that an architect, a builder, a designer, even the builder uh, constructs, that there ought to be some sort of acknowledgment placard doesn't have to be huge not just a big brass one or or or, or bronze or, or brick i think every building ought to obviously there's no way to legislate that or or mandate it and it is on some of them because they're uh you know either well known or become historic but it, it to me it's like imagine all the books that we read but there's no author and the same yeah. way with the building it's like the building doesn't have an author yes the, the building does have an author and the builder does have the builder and i don't know why they're not acknowledged um what's your thought on that
1: well, all the all the schools that I design and all the buildings I've designed have a an, an acknowledgement plaque, but it it's about our firm. And I would say that I find that appropriate because we all know those names of those famous architects, right? But they didn't design those buildings by themselves. It it's a group effort, you know. It's a, if you are lucky enough to have a, a wonderful team to I I would say to lead, but you you know you're. You're the person that, well, so there's a story about Walt Disney and I'm a Disney fan. Okay. So I just want to share all that right. with you. So he had he had a bunch of kids come on a tour of the Disney studios and he took them to the idea area and showed them all of the storyboarding. And then he took them to the ink and paint area where he showed them how they make the cells. And then he took them to the place where they photograph the cells. And and he said these are the people who do this and a little girl raised her hand and said well do you, which part of those do you do mr disney and he said well i don't do any of those things and she said well what do you do and he said well i'm like a bee i fly around and i pollinate ideas and i inspire people and i think that's the highest um goal that you can go to in your career as an architect is I don't have to do everything myself. I do still like to design floor plans. I'm pretty, fav- that's my favorite part of the design. And, and, and IDing the, giving the ideas to people to helping inspire them to design great buildings is I think what you end up doing, but you still have a whole team of great people that do that work. So acknowledging the architecture firm, I think is is fine to get back to your initial question.
0: Actually, this interview is really <laughs> terrific. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. We're talking today with Jeannie Jackson, architect and principal of VCBO. For more information, feel free to visit their website at vcbo.com. Again, that's vcbo.com. Jeannie, I'm going to bring into one of the a dear friend, uh, Arthur Gensler. And he had said something that always resonated many times, almost often when we got together. It's, it's not about a star. It's a constellation of stars.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: And, and, and I, I think of that almost daily, that everything is really a constellation of stars, not just you being or someone being the star, but it's a constellation of them. What's your, what's your thought on that?
1: I, I think that's exactly what we were talking about before, Tom. I, I think it's a group of hopefully passionate and inspired people that come up with these great ideas, you know, and then turn them into something wonderful that people will be and enjoy forever.
0: How would you describe, if you if you can, um, the culture at VCBO?
1: Well, I would love to describe the culture here. We've worked very hard at our, our culture. And so, I will tell you that one of the things we, we have here is, uh, we have committees, and our most important committee is the Happiness Committee. And so the Happiness Committee's job is to make sure everybody is happy. And they have a lot of ways they do that. Um, we do, um, obviously, social uh, events together, but, uh, and they help plan those and conceive of those. But they do things like on everybody's birthday, there's a, a beautiful email that goes out that tells you a little bit about that person. And there's a different theme every year. So one year it was, where do you love to travel? And so we got to find out where people love to travel. And another year it was, um, what do what do you like to make? Show something you've made. Um, So it's a way to show people that we're interested in them and we care about them. And then another fun thing, when we interview people for a job, I always make sure I tell them we have free fruit. So, you know, there's fruit bowls that are replenished every day. And now it's free fruit and vegetables, frankly. There's there's avocado. Well, avocado is a fruit. There's, okay, they're all fruits, peppers, etc. But we um, have a, a work and play hard culture together here. And uh, a lot of, we have a lot of young people. We hire a lot of intern, archi- well, people just out of school, architecture school. And we teach them what we can and help encourage them. And we do development plans for them so that they can achieve what their goals are. So we, we have a, a big uh, aim to keep people happy and have fun. And on the weekends, I'll just be honest. I mean, I, I play with my coworkers. We go bike riding together. We go golfing together. We spend time together. And it's it's way, the way we want it to be here. So it's a, it's a very friendly culture.
0: What what inspired you to have such reverence for the people you work with?
1: You know, I, I'm glad you put it that way. We're working with a branding company right now and they sat down with us and they said, we thought you were just about buildings, but we found out you're about people, the people you work with and the people you work for. And I think, I think it's just getting to know people and making them feel valued. Because when you're starting out, you're sitting at your desk you're working your day away and you think does anyone know i'm here does anyone care about me and i remember being a person like that and so i think i think a number of us were motivated to say let's show these people that we care about them and here's a great story so one of my favorite coworkers, whenever anyone new comes he goes up to them and he says hi i'm brian and they say their name and he says you must be amazing and they look kind of astounded, and he says, "Because we don't hire anyone who isn't amazing here." <laughs> and it's just like a great way to kick it off, right?
0: It's yeah, fun. that definitely illustrates what we're we're talking about. But if you can look go back as far as you can, Jean, even to uh, if you, uh, as a child, what inspired you? What drove you to architecture design? And if you look back at it now. You know, where you are and why you are where you are.
1: Okay. Um, Well, when I was little, I didn't know I wanted to be an architect because I didn't know any architects. And we all in the architecture field understand now you need a role model. You need someone who pays attention to you or maybe looks like you to be a, a role model to say you could do that, right? So I would sit in a space from the time I was a child, tiny child, and I would... I would redesign it in my head, and I, because I, I call myself an aesthete because I hate anything ugly, and so I would redesign everything to be beautiful, and uh, so I didn't know about being an architect. So I ended up thinking, well, I should be an interior designer, and I have a great respect for interior designers, but I ended up going to college and uh, at the local college, U of U, and. I found the architecture department through my sister, actually, who was studying there. Um, she ended up not becoming an architect; she did something else. But I thought to myself, why wouldn't I be an architect? Why just do part of it when you can do the whole thing? And um, they actually call that the Gesamtkunstwerk. It's the idea that it's all the the outside, the inside, the landscape, and everything is all part of the design, right? And so that that's what drove me. And I. I've always been very ambitious and driven, and I I think that's just temperament. I can't explain that. But I came to work. I got out of school in 1990, which was I got my master's then, and it was a recession here and across the country. And I I I had I was very fortunate to get a job at VCBO Architecture. Ironically, I'm one of the people that has never had another job anywhere. No. I've worked here since 1990, and. Uh, you know, time went along, and I started doing more, and people trusted me, and I started by winning two, we had a Christmas card contest in the olden days, where everybody would design a Christmas card from the office and post them up, and everybody would go vote. And the year, the first year I was here, I did that, and I, I won first and second place. And I think it made, a, it made the people who, it was at that time a firm of 24 people, I think it made him pay attention and say, that person maybe has something, right? And, uh, and I, 10 years later, I became a partner here and, you know, once you do that, you're, you're never leaving.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what has changed in your experience in the last two, three years? Uh, or how, how has architecture design and just the built environment in your experience changed, evolved in the last two, three years?
1: Well, I. I would say the sustainability factor. Um, We've been doing sustainable architecture here at my firm since a long time, but in 2013, um, we opened our first first net zero, although I like to call it energy positive because it actually produces more energy than it um, uses building and it was one of my schools, it was an elementary prototype for Davis School District. Um, That's a little bit north of Salt Lake City. And we built um, five We're starting our fifth one of those. And uh, frankly, they're the only certified net zero schools in Utah or buildings in Utah. And I think that what I'm finding is that everybody is paying a lot more attention to that with all the disasters we've had, that we need to design buildings that don't ruin our environment anymore, right? So I think that's the big change in the last two or three years. We have been uh, hired by a school district locally to study the feasibility of replacing a hundred year old high school. And uh, of course it's an energy monster, you know, but they, that school board voted to be carbon neutral by 2040. Um, And so they're talking about what do we do to do that? How do we get there? Right. So I think that's the big change.
0: Energy positive. That just really struck me at a lot of all the levels that that is such a great branding that who would not want an energy positive building? Yeah. Other than with net zero.
1: Yeah. And I, it,
0: that in itself is a trademark, in my opinion.
1: I thank you, Tom. I, I always have said that if I were like, we have a local company, Rocky Mountain Power. If I were Rocky Mountain Power, I would be figuring out how to get solar panels on the roof of every big building I could find, you know? And then you don't have to build a new power plant. And how do, you, how do you harvest that? And I think the batteries are going to change a lot of things, too, because right now the energy that our schools create goes back into the grid, and they give us credit um, for all of that, but we don't get paid for anything extra that's produced. And I kind of feel like that should be something that should be looked at, too. Because, you know, the energy companies complain that, well, they have to create and um uh, maintain the infrastructure, so everyone should pay some money, right? But I think if they're getting free energy, that that should maybe be not in the mix, you know? I mean, our energy-positive schools, I think, cost 14 cents a square foot per year um, to pay those fees, and they really shouldn't be charged anything, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I'm really, <laughs> I'm just floored by that, the reframing. Of the word the net zero into energy positive, and um, we're going to make a, 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 a definitely a note of that on this show. Great. That that's something that ought to be con- strongly considered. What would you s- say? You know, your clients. Yeah, you don't without naming any particular any names unless you'd like to. Um, what's it like working with the clientele you have, and what is it if there is a common thread with all your your clientele? What would it be? I mean, that might be a broad question, but I'm just trying to get a, a, a connection between the clients that you have and what is the general mindset and attitude of, of those clients and and why why do you enjoy working with them so much?
1: Well I think I would say that um, my clients are very concerned with and interested in what's best for children, what's best for their education. I think that is the number one. Um, common thread amongst the people I am lucky enough to work for is how do we educate them in a way that they'll be happy, inspired, go on to become, um, you know, productive members of society, frankly.
0: What do you feel about knowing that you're significantly influencing um, the future?
1: Because oh, you, you really know, are. I, I think of it. I think of it. And I am, I, I'm so happy about it. And I, I really feel privileged to be able to do that job. And I have, like, a one of my school districts has a board president that one day had, had a ribbon cutting. Actually, we had a, I had a ribbon cutting this week, and I had a uh, groundbreaking this week. Uh, but oh, the, the president of the board said, and our, our architect, Jeannie Jackson, she just told me before we got going here on this ribbon cutting, all she cares about is that students are happy and have a have a wonderful learning experience here and that is that's and i think it's because i didn't have a wonderful learning experience actually i think that's part of it i was the kids on a grid sitting facing forward and don't talk across the aisle and pay attention and get your homework done and it was not it was not a very pleasant learning experience for me i never liked school ever and i go to my schools and I see children who actually run to the door. They want to be oh. there. They're excited to go to school. And I think, well, that's the ultimate reward, right? They want to go. They want to go learn.
0: So true. You're listening to the architecture and innovation podcast with Sarah Clad. We're talking today with Jeannie Jackson, architect and principal of VCBO. For more information, feel free to visit VCBO.com. Again, that's VC bo.com our public service announcement for today's show with genie is for the world central kitchen where food is a universal human right the wkc world central kitchen is first to the front lines providing meals in response to humanitarian climate and community crisis they build resilient food systems with locally led solutions for more information Feel free to visit their website at WK, wck.org. Again, that's wck.org. Again, Jeannie, why? Uh, why does the um, the World Central Kitchen matter to you and uh, mean so much?
1: Well, thank you for asking, Tom. I I have been a I'm a foodie, and I've watched way too much Food Channel than anyone <laughs> ought to. And I, I got to know about Chef Jose Andres um, from watching a you know, food channel and cooking channel and all those things. But the the interviews I've seen with him and his mission to provide food to everyone, hot, nutritious food to people in times of crisis, I find it very inspiring. And the, the fact that he is taking care of leading an organization that takes care of so many people when they're at the bottom of their... You know, lives. They're in war. They're in a, a hurricane crisis, for example. World Central Kitchen is first there and they take care of those people. And I, I just have great admiration for that mission.
0: Terrific. What would you like to share, Jeannie, with uh, your audience today that we may not have touched on? Feel free to add a couple of things if you'd like.
1: Wow that was an unexpected question <laughs> I think I'd like to share just that uh, you should find what you're passionate about and just do it man it's it's so important to love what you do and I think um, hard to find that for a lot of people a lot of young people I'm seeing are having trouble with that and I really feel for them um, you know and I'm not I'm not just passionate about architecture I'm passionate about K through 12 school architecture, right? And I'll tell you, uh, it's enriching in so many ways, but when I design a school and we open a school, the principal and the teachers there, it's a lifelong friendship. It's amazing. I I often take people on tours through some of the schools that we've designed. And I walk in there and there are people that I didn't even really like remember, like some of the teachers, and they come up and say, Jeannie, Look, is my classroom looking good? Are, are you happy with what I've done here? Because they know I don't like it to be all junked up, which is awful to say, but I don't. I think it. I think it's a better learning environment if it doesn't have too many things up on the walls, right? But um, principals that I've known for years, and they move on to another school, they move into the administration. I have, I have hundreds of these people that I, I just love them, you know, but. They care about the kids. So all of this passionate, you know, stuff. And the people I work with are the same. I love it. I I don't know. I, I, I love to golf. I love to ski. I love to bicycle ride. I love to go to Europe. And I'm a Disney fan. All of those things.
0: Definitely multifaceted. Love it. <laughs> Jeannie, it's been a real honor and pleasure having you on our show today. I hope you consider coming back again soon, really.
1: Thank you, Tom. I appreciate that. And uh, my friend Clark Menace says to tell you hello.
0: Oh, Clark, yes. Yeah. Clark is great. Thank He's you very great. much for that.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, thank you for uh, being on our show again, and uh, we look forward to a speaking again it's an absolute pleasure and there's actually more that we can go on and on i'd love to talk to you about but um until the next time again thank you very much Jeannie. i appreciate it you've been listening to the architecture and innovation podcast presented by circlad the architecture and innovation podcast recorded from the office of circlad in redmond washington and on location thank you for listening Cereclad is a high-performance fiber cement siding system in one size with triple coat technology and 365 days of self-cleaning, along with a 20-year fade limited warranty. Cereclad also offers hundreds of design options. For more information, feel free to visit Cereclad.com.